live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. I'm working for Steve Cofield, and it's just just it's a nonstop. Nonstop. In spite of being quite chubby and not eating healthy, I don't have enough donuts. I should eat more donuts because I love them. Willie's Willie's all amped up. Yeah, now I'm ready. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, 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 partying. Yeah! All right, here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. Jed working the controls beautifully so I don't blow out all of Las Vegas speakers. Willie Ramirez is here. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Here is a football Friday at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Treasure Island. Parking is free. Come on down. Draft beer special all day long. Awesome menu. They've got breakfast as well. This is the first of two shows that we do on Friday and Saturday. Willie's back tomorrow, 9 a.m. for Throw the Flag. With Gooch. We got a lot to get to today. All the NFL to preview. It's a bye week for the Raiders, but so what? We're still going to talk some Raiders. And Major League Baseball is going on right now. And of course, last night, home opener Golden Knights win. Golden Knights win. It's the three on Cofield and Company. We have not given the Las Vegas Phillies enough attention. They have demanded that they get a little talk today, and why not? Out of the gates, 6 nothing. Philly at home against Atlanta. It's in the fourth. The crowd in Philly is going crazy. And who were part or a big part of the early game rally? Willie? Well, it all started with Las Vegas' own Bryson Stott. Whenever there's a lead-up to something that has to do with the Phillies, you always talk about Bryce Harper. But no, it was Bryson Stott with the double to the right field wall. Brandon Marsh scores. Reese Hawkins. Hoskins homers on a fly ball to left field, bringing in Stott. And then Bryce Harper homered on a fly ball to right center field. It's 6-0 Phillies. Man, I'll tell you what. You remember the beginning of the season we were talking about Bryson a little bit and his struggles, and then, of course, Girardi was fired, and then, uh, then there were injuries. But he opened the season hitting 133, 4 for 30. He got that break. We even had his high school coach on. Since the start, or since July 10th, Bryson Stott, 278 to close the season, 35 runs scored, 69 hits, including six home runs. He has been a spark to this lineup. And, oh, yeah. it's, and it's not the big things, it's the timely hits like today, starting the rally. I'm pretty confident next year Bryson Stott, with a full year under his belt, a good second half, will probably put up 270, 18 and 70 next year. Easy. Because he never lost his confidence, no. which is amazing because he was – Real, he was Gallo-like. He was yeah. hitting 160 for a long time, but he really turned down uh, in the second half. Well, and, it, and a lot of it was the inconsistency because he, he got that break in the first month, but then it was like, okay, do the, we'll send him down. Do we keep him here? Do we go in the lineup? Do we not? Girardi was fired. Injuries took place. Consistency in staying in the lineup, just, just plugging away and doing what he does. And 
I don't think he ever lost his confidence even when things were low. It was more so being able to just hone in on what he does best. This is a kid who has always been somewhat of a master of his craft at every level, and he just needs the shot. He needed the shot. He got the shot. And now, today, an integral part with the series tied and the series back in Philly, and he starts the rally. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, they chase Spencer Strider, who just got a $75 million deal. Young guy who was a monster this year, especially with the Ks on the season. Surprise dude for the Braves. Finished up the year with uh, 202 strikeouts and 130 innings. So he's he's tough. And if I'm not mistaken, he was undefeated Ooh. against the Phillies in his career. But, uh, they, but all of those starts were this year. 4-0. Uh, 1.27 ERA, four appearances, three of them starts all this year against the Phils. Got rocked. Vegas boys hammering it home. Phillies rest of the way now. Uh, Aaron Nola, which was kind of the, the cool part of them, stealing the game early in the series with uh, Wheeler and Nola in games two and three. So Nola's in there, and so far he's been dynamite, 4Ks, four innings, limited on the hits. All right, big day yesterday. Real big day yesterday for the Raiders, at least one Raider. The Raider family will say. I know you've been following the story pretty closely. This is a weirdo show full of people who are maniacal workers. So we were trying to wrap our heads around, as we have for years and years and years, about the birth of a baby and missing work to go see the birth of a baby. We've all come to grips with it, right? Max Crosby did not have to miss any time. Max got to play and played really well in the Monday Night Football game against the Chiefs, and the baby came along at the right time during the bye week. Good job. Didn't even miss practice. Good job. <laughs> As he said. Ella Rose, is the, that the name? Ella Rose. Okay. Ella Rose Crosby. The, the, he said the universe will work in his favor. He believed that, and apparently it did. And, uh, yeah, the baby was born yesterday. You know him pretty well. What do you, how do you think he's feeling right now? Oh, he's on top of the world. He's this. This is a dude who, you know, uh, the other night, Steve, while we were broadcasting live on our Monday night show at our remote during the Monday night pregame, they had done a special. We've all, some way or another, written a story, talked to somebody. I've talking. I've spoken to Rachel Washburn on a um, on one occasion for a, for a story um, in leading up to. Max wanted to be a father, but then last year I did a story on his recovery. ESPN did an in-depth, and he really spoke. I mean, we've now, we have both of prominent names of the Raiders who have done some big-time stories in Darren Waller on Real Sports and then um, Max Crosby now on ESPN this past Monday. And he really opened up. And, and, and he, he was talking about just his year with the Raiders, right, just after his rookie season with the Raiders. And one day waking up in a pool of sweat. Drug binges, alcohol binges. So to see where he's come with big-time contract, proving that he deserves it. You know, they may be one of four, but Max has definitely proven his worth. And now being the, a father with, with somebody who he told me last December was, you know, the best coach that he's had his entire life. And that's his fiance Rachel, because of how she sort of stepped in. If you have a way to find that, you know how ESPN will clip those stories that they do. If you have a way to find the story that they ran before the Monday night football game, you know, go check it out because it's pretty deep. So I know that he's feeling great. You realize how absurd the NFL is? 
in terms of balance in divisions and conferences. When you watch Thursday night football and you've got teams coming out of it, the Commanders and the Bears, both at two and four. Mm. The Raiders are one and four. Mm. The Raiders are, I mean, on the road, what, at least four points better, if not more than both of those teams at home. The one and four Raiders might be a, more than a touchdown against both teams. Those are horrendous teams. And John Von Tobel, who's the company yesterday, was like, well, you know, all the, the universe will kind of counterbalance here or balance out here and we'll have a really good game. Yeah, that did not happen. Boy, Amazon and the NFL, and I don't think anyone's feeling sorry for either one of them. What horrendous luck after a disgusting, gross, unwatchable 12-9 game the week before, the Broncos and Colts. We get 12-7, 3 nothing at the half with the Bears and the Commanders. And you sent over the question, which game was worse? I wouldn't know because the Broncos I, Colts I, game was 12-11, right? I, 12-11. I think it was 12-9. Um, I generally get home well into the Thursday night football game, so I'm listening on the ride home, and I'm following social media. Both of these games, I'm like, why bother? So I couldn't I couldn't tell you what was worse. I mean, I would check in on it every once in a while. Just horrendous, horrendous football. But I think it's mostly bad luck on the part of the NFL. You know, you plan out games. You assume the Bears will be okay. This is before the season. Justin Fields will develop. Hey, the Commanders were all right last year. They're getting healthier. You got Carson Wentz. They'll be okay. I mean, the week before, you got the Colts, who are a perennial playoff team, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and it, back-to-back weeks, it did not work out. That was terrible for the National Football League. Was it worse for the National Football League, or was it worse for Prime Video for, you know, getting in bed with them, you know, in a, in a, in a sense, you go, oh, we got a hold of some NFL prime time. And then you look up, it's like, oh, well, stubbed my toe on that furniture in the 2 a.m. walk to the bathroom, you know, kicked, kicked the side of the couch type thing. They got a couple of games coming up that they can count on, though. I mean, the Saints at the Cardinals – Week 7, Ravens at the Buccaneers Week 8. They may run into a clunker in Week 9. Eagles at Texans. Um, Bills and Patriots not until December 1st. And then your hometown Las Vegas Raiders are at L.A. for the Rams in December. So they got some doozies coming up. But, yeah, a couple of clunkers in a row. <laughs> I have to wonder just, like, what the executives at Prime are thinking about. But, yeah, it's, it comes with, it's what comes with the territory. Nobody, nobody expected the Colts-Broncos matchup to be – you know, set up the way that it was and sort of a stinker. I mean, think about it. When you go into the season, you're going, okay, we got Matt Ryan versus Russell Wilson. This could be a great matchup. Eh, maybe not. And then Ron Rivera, and I'm going to say has to deal with, but I don't think anyone did anything wrong because this is all Dan Snyder's fault. He's a dirtbag. Yep. He's been trouble for the NFL and trouble for his embarrassing organization for decades now. And after a win, you get a hard-fought win, you're 2-4, and four. Rivera – Gets up there, wants to talk about the game, and here come the Dan Snyder questions because ESPN.com and Seth Wickersham wrote a story yesterday about how Snyder, if pushed out of the league, is going to take down the entire freaking league. And Rivera just kind of broke. Like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to deal with this. I'm trying to deal with it. I want to concentrate on football. I don't blame him. I'm trying to get beyond all this stuff that's on the outside that's noise as far as I'm concerned. What I'm focusing on is the development of this football team. There's a group of young men in there that deserve better. Okay, in terms of they, they should be acknowledged for what they've done, what they're doing. I don't want to get talking about something that I can't control anyways. I, I have no input. I have, I have nothing to do with that. What I want to do is everything in that room, and that's what I wish we could just stay focused on. And it's difficult. It's hard. 
But for whatever reason, we're going to stick to what's interesting, and that's playing football for our guys. Yeah, we'd love to do that. But, you know, unfortunately, your owner is a story all the time because he's such a creep of a human being. He's mistreated people in the organization, past and probably present. Uh, the fibbing about not being involved in the organization is outrageous. Uh, one of the things that was in the story by Wickersham is that it was Snyder who overruled all of football management to get Carson Wentz. Rivera corrected that and said, uh, you know, and we'll play that sound a little bit. Um, yeah, he said, I wanted Carson Wentz. It's just like I, I, I go back and I wonder why such a good guy, Ron Rivera left the Panthers after a really good run. His standing around the NFL was in fine shape. He wasn't desperate for a job. I don't know why the hell he ever took this gig. You know you're set up to fail because the guy who runs the organization overshadows things all the time. We'll get back to more Rivera, more of the commanders, and maybe a little more of the Bears. But on the way back, our hometown heroes on the ice got the job done as VGK in the home opener. A winner and a shutout. How about that? A shutout. So we'll talk about the goalie situation and much more as VGK gets out to a 2-0 start. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., it's Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch, live from the Treasure Island, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Routes on Cofield and Company. Friday, we check in with our NFL insider, the former Raider, eight-year NFL veteran. Stanford Route is with us. Let's talk about bye weeks. As a player, would you rather be playing this week or did the Raiders need this bye? You can look at that both ways as far as like whether they needed it physically or something therapeutic mentally. I would probably say maybe it probably was for the best for them to have a bye week this week. Go ahead, try to reset, recalibrate as a coaching staff. Do some self-scouting. Try to go and see exactly, okay, what is it that maybe we're giving away on offense as to why we tend to sputter sometimes on the defense side of the ball? How can we go ahead and generate more pass rush? How can we actually get after this quarterback without it just simply being Max Crosby and company? How can we try to go and be sticky, try to get closer to our receivers in the back end to be more effective? So uh, I think that uh, there's definitely a lot of positives that you can take away from the Raiders having a bye week here right now in week six. As a player, did you want to be around the facility almost every day during a bye week, or did you want, you know, three days, four days away? Oh, no, I want to disconnect. <laughs> like, I want to, you know, go back to Texas or just go, you know, get out of the city, do something to go ahead and try to recalibrate, reset, because, you know, if you're if you're injured or if you're banged up, then obviously there's a reason why um, you would go ahead and, uh, and and stick around the facility, obviously, things like that. But otherwise, you try to go ahead and get away, try to go ahead and uh, maybe, you know, clear your head, things like that. So uh, for me, I always try to get away from the facility for those two to three days or four days or whatever it was and try to then go ahead and come back fresh uh, to start off the uh, the new work week. It's a football Friday at Treasure Island, Cofield and Company. Stanford Route, the former Raider, is joining us. You know, we often forget that – you guys all have real lives. There's stuff to tend to, and we're finding out more and more about that, uh, covering this weird Tom Brady divorce with Giselle and tweets and you know him saying he's 45 years old and there's a lot of S going on that was like six weeks ago. Max Crosby had a lot going on. He actually, mm-hmm. he and his fiance just had a baby girl, so that's very cool. Yeah. Tell me I'm a psycho on this one because I'm all about work, and when there's 17 of the most important work days – like, that's my focus. And there was a chance that that Monday Night Football game against Kansas City, 
Max might have to miss it to witness the birth of his first child. Am I insane in saying that football players should actually plan their fornicating or at least cover it <laughs> or at least wrap it up, Stanford? From January to April, there is no unloading, okay? We, we can't have kids coming between September and uh, early January. Come on. Well, listen, I tell you like this, Steve, it's not it's not quite that simple uh, because, like I said, you know, the female, you got to make sure that everything's good with her. Make sure that, you know, good she's point. OK with that type of uh, <laughs> with, with that type of action or should I say inaction uh, being committed. But I think that, you know, at the end of the day, Max Crosby will be a, a Las Vegas Raider, hopefully for years to come. Max Crosby will be a football player for, I'm guessing, what, another decade or maybe longer. I don't know. But he's going to be a father for the rest of his life. So that's the one uh, that that's the one dichotomy that a lot of people have to also understand is that, yes, you have great football players. They do what they th- they do their thing on the football field, whether it's Sunday or sometimes Monday night football. Uh, but at the end of the day, when they take those pads off, they're a human being and they're a human being that has a wife. They're a human being that has kids. So that will always take precedent in a lot of people's minds over what is a game because at the end of the day it's just a game the sun's going to rise tomorrow everything's going to go back to normal whether you win or lose but family that's here to stay and that's something that you can never replace you know you go ahead and let's say you retire the las vegas Raiders will replace you they'll draft somebody else in the first round or something like that but you can't replace family so for a lot of people that's what they firmly believe that if that's the birth of my child i'm going to miss this game which on the grand scheme of things is really meaningless compared to a new life being born. And the bosses really won't remember some game you made the ultimate sacrifice for or a work day or two. You know, I've discovered that over the years and, you know, doing whatever it is now, 27 years yeah. of radio, mm-hmm. you can miss some shows, even though I don't like to. Um, in the end, the, the bosses aren't going to be like, oh, my God, you, you had full attendance. You know, here's, here's a lifetime contract. Exactly. That's yeah. not going to happen. Exactly. All right, let's talk about Kansas City. Max was one of the big co- uh, positives out of Kansas City. Uh, He got another two sacks. He's got six on the season. What can this team do to get more people involved in pressure? I mean, my God, Crosby's doing a great job. You figure it would spill over to others. Yeah, you would think so. But I think that uh, right now when you go and you look at how this defense is presently assembled, you went out and you signed Chandler Jones, obviously, from the Arizona Cardinals. But Chandler Jones is getting a little bit long in the tooth. He obviously still has a lot left in the tank, no doubt about that. But – you know he's over the age of 30. And when you get over the age of 30, that's when all of a sudden you do not have as much as you had back in your 20s. You don't got as much gas uh, still in that tank. And I think for Max Crosby with him right now being kind of like the lone bright spot on this defense or at least within the edge rusher department, that right there is you got to find other ways, whether you got to maybe slant or stunt, maybe send a few more blitzes, things like that. Try to get more pressure on the quarterback aside from it just simply being Max Crosby and company. Because when you sign Chandler Jones, the thought process was you're going to have these bookend defensive ends. That way they can collapse the pocket collectively on quarterbacks, not with it just simply coming from one side, because eventually what you're going to see teams do, they're just going to slide the protection to Max Crosby's side, and then they're just going to single up Chandler Jones or whoever else is over there on the other side of the football. So that right there is why it would behoove the Raiders to find a way to still be able to get pass rush without it simply being Max Crosby all the time. Let's talk about the Chiefs from the coaching decision standpoint. And what I'm pointing to is the two-point conversion down 30 to 29, 
really, it's not an analytics decision because by percentages, it was like 29-7 versus 28-3. You go for two, you go for one. As a yes. player, what do you think of decisions like that? Because ultimately, in the end, it comes down to the play call and then execution. So the players also have a big part in this. Yeah, I mean, to me, I just didn't like the actual play call. Like, if you want to go for two, I can understand that. Obviously, you're going against Kansas City Chiefs. You want to try to get a lead right now rather than have to go out, stop them, and then go ahead and score again. You can just be able to stop them and then just sit on the ball for a few minutes and then run the clock out. So, to me, I get it. I understand the decision to go for two. I get it. I really understand it. It was just the actual play call on that two-point conversion, what just was kind of like, eh, like, I just feel like they could have been a little bit more creative or just a little bit more innovative with that. So with me, I understand the decision. It was just the decision that they made on the type of play within the two-point conversion, which really is what made me stand up and think, like, what the heck? We're breaking down the NFL, breaking down the Raiders with the former Oakland Raider, eight-year NFL player, Stanford Route here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar with Cofield and company. You know, the other reason that the buy came at a perfect time, and we didn't know this was going to happen, but with Devontae Gate, if they were <laughs> dealing with a game and other players had to be asked about this stupid incident, which, you know what, I got heated about because I didn't like the fact that Devontae uh, didn't react and help the guy get up, but beyond that, now it's gotten completely out of control. We yes, saw we saw a bunch of videos. The guy got in his way. He was a little you know surprised. He pushed him. Probably shouldn't have done that. But now KCPD is filing charges. That's completely ridiculous. What what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Um, and what a distraction it would have been this week if they were playing a game. And and by the way, uh -huh. the ultimate thing is. I hope the NFL is just – this has just been quiet from the NFL because they're not going to do anything. If they suspend Devontae Adams, this is one of the dumbest suspensions the league has ever handed down. Yeah, I think that uh, – I mean, maybe a fine, something like that should come into play. Uh, but as far as suspension, I think that's probably overkill. I think that's a little bit what the kids call OD just because <laughs> – when you see how he pushed the guy, which he already has come out and said that he he apologized. He has owned that. He's been accountable for that. He is he's tried to go ahead and rectify that by apologizing publicly, acknowledging that he's wrong, as he is wrong to be pushing the freelance reporter, or should I say the freelance photographer? But then after you can see he clearly gets right back up. And now you're seeing reports about what is it, uh minor concussion whiplash things like that i'm like come on so it's an obvious money grab when you start to look at it from that standpoint because right after he was at the police department filing a report you know and then the next day you see Devonte gets issued a citation where now he's got to fly back to kansas city i think early november and appear in front of the judge all of that and it hasn't happened yet but i'm pretty sure you are about to see a civil suit go ahead and come of this. So that's why, to me, it's just more of a money grab, more so than anything. And I think that it's just unfortunate. But for Devontae, he put himself in that position for all of this to now happen, that he's now got to deal with, which, like you just said, Steve, could very well be a distraction if they were to play this week. But to answer your original point, I think that um, uh, maybe a fine, Go ahead, find him. He makes a lot of money. It's not he's not gonna feel it. Uh, but as far as like being suspended, I just think that's I, I just think that's over the top, and I think that's not necessary 
in this situation. A couple of big games coming up in the NFL. We'll get to those inside of two minutes, but i got to get your take on one of the big stories of the week, and that is yet another college coach moving to the NFL and not getting it done. Matt Rule goes bye-bye, two-and-a-half-plus years. Now he's owed like $40 million. Listen, this owner of Carolina has so much money, second-richest owner in all of football. He can he can write the check. Yes. Why don't most college coaches work? What is the problem? Because I think a lot of college coaches, and I'm not saying this about Matt Rule, I'm just saying just in general, a lot of college coaches, they operate off of fear. So it's very easy to get a kid to do what you want him to do because there's always the threat that you'll pull a scholarship. There's always the threat that you're just going to go ahead and just go sign some other five-star recruit, and then they will come and take his spot. So they operate off of fear. You need to do what I'm saying. You need to do this route the certain way. You need to play this certain coverage uh, for fear of what the reprimand may be if you don't do that. We'll see in the NFL, you get guys that are getting paid like Aaron Donald, getting paid like Aaron Rodgers, where they make more money than you. Theirs is guaranteed, or a large sum of it is guaranteed. So you have to be able to convince grown men that have wives, kids, families, all that. You have to be able to convince grown men to follow you. And for no other reason other than they just feel like they should, not because they have to, they got a big contract with $50 million guaranteed. So they're going to get their money regardless, whether you're here or not. If you get into it with them, you're going to be the one to leave, not them as the player. So that's where it's more of a partnership where you got to work with the player. You have to convince that player why he should follow you. Not one of those, hey, follow me or I'm going to pull your scholarship. You can't operate off of fear. And I think for a lot of college coaches, that's how they're able to be successful in college. But in the NFL, it's a completely different dynamic. And that's something that a lot of coaches, it's very difficult for them to adapt to the new dynamic of partnership rather than dictatorship. Bills, Chiefs this weekend. Who wins? Ah, uh, man, the Bills are a better team. I just think the Chiefs are still going to win because I think the Chiefs have that magic and styles make matchups. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills better from top to bottom. Yes, they're the better team. I think the Chiefs are still going to win on Sunday. Can the Broncos get off the deck? They got to go on the road Monday night football at the Chargers. Oh, I think that uh, the Broncos, I don't know what it is, but that team just seems like they are just not able to get going. I don't know if it's uh, Russell Wilson not really connecting with uh, Nathaniel Hackett's play calling, all of that. I'm not sure, but it just seems like there's something going on in Denver where they're not able to really jumpstart this offense. Defense still playing good. We all know that. But something is going on with the offense where they're not able to jumpstart. I would go with the Chargers winning on Monday Night Football. Stanford, you are the man. You want to listen, everybody, to uh, Believe in Raiders podcast with Dennis Ackerman and Stanford Route that comes out every week, midweek. Really good conversations this week uh, at length about Devontae Adams. So make sure you check out yes. Believe in Raiders podcast. Stanford, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. All good, man. Appreciate you. You be safe out there. Stanford Route, the former Raider. It's giveaway time. Porta Subs, your neighborhood sandwich shop, is giving away a six-foot classic sub. 364-1100-364-1100. Talk to Ari, call her 7364-1100. You win the six-foot classic sub from Porta Subs. 
And you qualify to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. 364-1100, caller 7. And remember, today is Happy National Dessert Day. You purchase any sub, salad, or wrap, and you get a dessert free. you got to head to order.portasubs.com and enter the coupon code SWEET at checkout. Thanks to Portasubs and Finley Volvo Cars. 364-1100, caller 7. Join Cofield and Company on Mondays for the live 2 to 5 show at Twin Peaks in Henderson. Big beers for under 4 bucks select appetizers are two four and six dollars come hang at twin peaks for monday night football now back to cofield and company live at the golden circle sports book and bar inside treasure island rolling on here on a friday willie ramirez cofield you heard it treasure island i think the most important investigative piece that has been done in october was just put out by the Washington Post. This was very controversial. Got this show all lathered up in the middle of the week. This is what prompted the investigative piece. Fire there, sorry. You want to know how bad inflation is? Yesterday, yes, I had a nice lunch at Taco Bell. Cost me about $28 at Taco Bell for lunch. People need to pay for those things, and they do that by getting jobs and getting in the economy and getting active and getting involved. Wait a minute. You spent $28 at Taco Bell for just yourself? (laughs) For lunch, yeah, it's really? it's true. Even Neil Cavuto was like, "You're not going to try to play up this inflation thing, which is real, by outright lying about the bell." Twenty-eight dollars for lunch. So the Washington Post did an investigative piece on it. Simply slugged. I tried to eat a twenty-eight dollar Taco Bell lunch and failed. That was from the writer. Really good work here. Uh, it was in Chicago. That's where this uh, financial dude is at. So, nice job there. Went to a Chicago, downtown Taco Bell. Could not do it. Some of the examples of what you could get for lunch at the Bell, for around 25 bucks plus tax, eight soft tacos plus chips and nacho cheese. That was 25 Five Mexican pizzas plus cheesy Fiesta potatoes, around 25 bucks. Three double steak grilled cheese burritos plus a cheese quesadilla, also 25 bucks. Could you eat any of this for lunch that I'm listing? You have a pretty voracious appetite, and you work out. Five Mexican pizzas? Could you do that? And would you do it for lunch? I, I just put an order together. <laughs> so here's what I put together. Just, just go. But be, be, real, be realistic. Can you? Could I you could actually? Do five, eat I could probably do five. Like it, I would have to have not eaten all day. Went to you know put in a, a killer workout that needed a, a huge post workout, but I like I would not have, I could not have eaten like my typical breakfast like I like today right like like what I have for breakfast in a normal morning to provide protein and then energy for whatever I'm going to do that day in the gym. Um, I would I would like have to have gone and worked out fasted, right, and, and come out ready to roll and maybe even stopped at a dispensary right lunch and then continue to work after lunch with these kind of meals it's insane so here's what i came up with okay. and, and i got to 2466 without tax like and i'm looking at it like okay would i go and order this cheesy gordita crunch burrito supreme double steak grilled cheese burrito chicken quesadillo combo oh and cinnamon twist for dessert okay that's a lot of food yeah, if I did that before this show, then I'd have to have, like, Jed would have to set me up in the men's room. Yep. The guy actually, they got his real order. The guy actually ordered 
one burrito supreme with uh, guacamole added, one nachos bel grande, one large Mountain Dew, a nacho cheese Doritos Locos taco, and a nacho cheese Doritos cheesy gordita. You know what you Around could? Around 3,000 calories. Oof. I, I'm sorry. Do you know I mean, I guess the guy got it, but here, here's the thing. You can do all that. If you take any of it home, that's not your lunch then. Like, I just... Like, I can't eat a lot. I'm fat, but I can't eat a lot. And I've, we've talked about this with competitive eating. The fatter you are, like Badlands Booker is one of the legends of competitive eating. He's fat as hell. He's 500 pounds. He really, like, for his size, he's actually a pretty good eater. Most of the guys are kind of ripped and jacked up. I just had a half of ham and Swiss melt, and I'm like, I got to go to sleep. Right. This guy's doing freaking five different, uh, four different items and a giant freaking do. Come on. Do you know how many calories? Remember on Monday we talked about this. Ari, you count your calories? Ari, Ari decided he was going to make a promo out of it. That my my sit down with Jordan last Friday. He's got me on fifteen hundred calories, and then whatever <laughs> I do in the gym, yeah. I have, and then I add it in the app. So like if I do uh, right now, I'm watching Cobra Kai. So thirty five minutes, that's going to get me three hundred sixty calories burnt. I, my warm up is hundred calories, so I'm guaranteed four hundred sixty calories. My lift is is around two hundred calories. So you figure I'm burning 660. I can add 660 to the 1500. I'm right around 2160. That I and then I'll punch it into the app. That's not enough to burn off this guy's lunch for 28 dollars. Three thousand calories. Like now, now when bodybuilders, there are some bodybuilders like Jay Cutler. They're in the 212 division or the body, you know, heavyweights. Um, 10,000 calories a day. Now it's not Taco Bell, right? But. This guy's a financial advisor who was a, about to make a TV appearance. You think he needs 3,000 calories at lunch? Not for a TV appearance. Not with that. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with the bell, but I'm just saying that's, you know, you're you're going to need to uh, excuse yourself at some point. Incredible. Any fast food. Any fast food. You know what I mean? Incredible. So, yeah, no, any of it. Yeah. But it's heavy. Now, now, let me ask you this. Are, and I'm not about to knock the bell because we've all gone through our different fast food stages. But, like, I'm not a bell guy. Now, my current state, like, if I was, okay, someone said, okay, well, you got to go through a drive through Are you a bell guy? You see, you're asking, I, I, you're, I you're asking the wrong guy because I don't really have, like, a favorite fast food place. But Neither do I, I. I did hit um, Taco Bell the other day for lunch before we did our Twin Peaks show. I'm, I'm the wrong guy to ask about how much you can eat and how much you could spend. I will not spend anything. I go right to the cheapest part of the menu. My lunch the other day with two items was like four, $4.44. I'm a t- to I'm me, a- it's, all, it's all the same. I, why would I ever spend, why would I spend seven, eight, nine, ten dollars on on an item or a combo pack? I don't know. All I know is I, I'll run through the Dell and get a double Dell with a couple of tacos. Yeah, people are very high on the no fries. Dough. Very no underrated. Fries. No fries. Who, who, go figure. A burger at a taco place. Very underrated. And, and Dell used to be called Noggles. We used to go to the Noggle Burger yeah, by UNLV. Me. Yeah, strong. After leaving the club, I wonder if the Double Dell is better at the original Del Tacos in Barstow. You've been you've been to those, right? Mm-hmm. The tacos are bigger. There's more cheese. There's more lettuce. There's Seriously. a personal feel to the place. Sure it is. Of course. It's actually Barstow's lone, probably lone tourist oh. attraction. Our good friend Paul Gutierrez probably owns stock in the place. I know. That's why I try not to bang on Barso if I know he's listening. We'll get very, very angry. Let's talk about the Raiders on the way back. Outstanding start to the season for Josh Jacobs. Not so much by the numbers for Derek Carr.